Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome to the show. She is the founder of Trafficking Hub, hashtag the Trafficking Hub movement, founder and CEO of the Justice Defense Fund. Let me welcome Miss Layla Micklewaite. Hi, welcome. Hey, Unmute. Layla. Unmute. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Hey, Layla. Hi. All right. I'm a, I'm a friend of Rosanna Arquette, and we were talking about you a week ago, and, you know, she gave me your contact to connect with you because this is an issue that's on my mind. So I want to ask you this question. It's a thought I have, and I, I truly, I'm going to say something radical, but, you know, the trafficking thing is something I'm rabid about. I feel like we can't end trafficking because 99.9% of males are either engaged in it or have thought about it and have sympathy for people who do engage in it. And so therefore, we, I don't know how we're gonna stop it because it is predominantly something that men engage in. And if they are doing it or sympathetic with people who do, how do we ever stop it? Hold on, pause, 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 Layla, because we want to be able to hear you. Is your mic connected to your computer? Because it's not picking up. Yes. It's not picking up. It's not picking up? No. You're not hearing me? It doesn't sound like it. So go to the audio, to the mic section. Make sure that the mic that is selected Uh, is the mic that's in front of you. There we go. Now you can hear me. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, wait, before you answer, before you answer, though, Tanya, 99.9%? Damn. I'm going 99.9%. That is not scientific. It is. It cannot I, be. I, I didn't say it was scientific. I'm saying that when we consider the prevalence of trafficking of children, why we can't stop it, okay. it, it has to be that the people in power are engaged and mostly men are in power. So, uh, you so, know, so the that, governor that, that, of Texas said he's going to end rape. It's going to end. Well, if you've got this key to that, please. Okay. All right, but Layla, before you answer, can you first tell us numbers? What what does trafficking look like look like in America and in other places? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that your concern about demand is is really, really, really a legitimate concern. It's something that I've been focused on for years. Is that how can we ever end trafficking if we don't address the demand for you know, child sexual abuse material for those who are being forced, coerced, defrauded into um, the commercial sex industry. It's really a profit-driven industry. So it's really at the at the core of it. It's really about demand. And I think that's why raising awareness about this is one of the most important things we can do because uh, especially in, uh, you know, the mainstream porn industry, which is what I've been focusing on the last two years is, uh, and many years before that actually, but things really took off in the last couple of years. But a lot of people assume that what they're watching are consenting adults when in fact, in many cases, what we've realized is that they're children who are being trafficked, raped, abused, and women who are you know, being uploaded and recorded without their consent. And so I think people need to know that. And that way we can start to reduce demand so people can stop participating and giving their money to, to that kind of illegal content. And talk, talk to me, this is something Rosanna told me that OnlyFans had a lot of child rape on it. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> so first of all, I want to talk about the big porn tube sites, because that's what I've been really focused on 
addressing. And those are sites like Pornhub. Pornhub, the world's most popular porn site, 47 billion visits to the site in 2020, 130 million wait, wait, wait. visits 47, per day. 47 billion. billion visits in 2020, 130 million visits per day. In 2019, they had enough content uploaded to the site in one year that it would take 169 years to watch if you put those videos back to back. These are massive mainstream sites. And Pornhub, for example, was just, it's part and parcel of our culture. They have billboards in Times Square. They're walking New York Fashion Week. Saturday Night Live is doing commercials for them during coronavirus, uh, you know, pandemic lockdown. And people you know, are wearing their apparel. But the site, what I discovered was the site is infested with videos of real sexual abuse of children, adults, non-consensual content, criminal image-based abuse. And why did that happen? Because all it took to upload a real recorded sex act, these are user-generated videos. So anyone with an Apple iPhone can go record a sex act in a car, in a park, in a hotel room and upload it. And all they were requiring was an email address. That's it. No ID to make sure this is not a child or an underage teen, no consent verification to make sure it's not a rape victim. And that is how the site got infested with criminal sexual abuse. I call it a crime scene. I say Pornhub is not a porn site, it's a crime scene. And what happened was, can I keep going on this? Is this okay? Keep going. So yeah, what happened was, you know, there was a big uh, movement to expose what was going on starting in February of last year. And over now, over 2 million people from 192 countries have signed a petition to shut down Pornhub for the uh, enabling and profiting from this criminal sexual abuse because these videos are highly monetized. They're making hundreds of millions of dollars per year. Then in December, the New York Times released an expose that sent shockwaves around the world. 4,000 media articles were written as a follow-up. Visa, MasterCard, and Discover all cut ties with Pornhub because they were confirmed that they were profiting from child sexual abuse and trafficking and rape and other forms of, of criminal abuse. And, and, and then what happened was the card companies and the banks got really nervous about their liability with doing business with sites like this. And so MasterCard went ahead and implemented a policy where they said, we're not allowing our card to be used on any site that does not verify the age and the unambiguous consent of every person in every video. And that was going to take place on October 15. And so I just have to say, I don't think it's a coincidence that OnlyFans had decided mm. to take down all porn on October 1st, because from the BBC reports, it appears that their moderation practices and their verification practices were not, uh, no, were not up to par, and they would have to do a lot of work to fix it. Layla Milkowait, uh, am I saying your name correctly, Milkowait? Yeah, Lila Milkowait. Lila, yeah. Lila. Okay, well... Yep. Um, how do you know, because porn is the number one industry in this country, like probably in the world, in the world, in the world. Uh, how do you know if you're watching trafficking or, or underage, uh, you know, non-consensual sex? How do you know if you're watching it? Yeah, look, that is the question of the day on these mainstream porn tube sites and porn tube sites are the sites that are in you know, the way that most mainstream porn is delivered to the world today. You, know, you have X videos, you have X hamster, you have Pornhub. And the problem is on these sites, because they're not reliably verifying the age and consent of those in the videos, 
you really don't know. So you could be watching a, a, a video of a, of, a, of a girl that looks underage and she could be an 18 year old that is in this teen genre, this barely legal genre of pornography. She actually could, right, she could be an adult. But at the same time, in many cases, what we're finding out is that they're not, they're actually underage teens. Um, and there was a massive lawsuit. So in the last 12 months, there have been seven major lawsuits filed against Pornhub, four class actions. In June, there was a massive lawsuit filed on behalf of 34 women. 14 of them were underage when they were exploited for profit on the site. So we're seeing some accountability, but it's a, it's a, it's a big question. And consumers need to be conscious. And what I'm watching, am I participating in the exploitation of victims with what I'm doing because these sites are not set up to protect victims. In fact, they're set up for exploitation. And let's not just forget the sites. Let's talk about like Las Vegas. They arrest the kids. In Las Vegas, they arrest 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. They're arresting the trafficked victims. Um, one of my, my friends was trafficked from 11 to 15. She killed her trafficker at 15, sentenced to life plus three days in California. Um, we are criminalizing people who are victims, children. Absolutely unconscionable, should not be happening. That, you know, our laws in the US around this issue are in need of a lot of work. And that is one example. Uh, the other thing is, you know, I don't believe we should be criminalizing anyone who's selling sex or being sold for sex, whether they're an adult or they're in a ch or a child, because often those people are the ones that are the most vulnerable um, to abuse and coercion and trafficking, and they shouldn't be put in jail. In some cases, when they're put in jail, they just get further exploited because who's the one who pays their bail? their abuser. And now they're in further debt bondage to that person. So that is just the wrong approach. And we need a change in the U.S. on those those issues for sure. We're talking with Lila Mikowit, um, and the she's the founder of Trafficking Hub, uh, the Trafficking Hub. You can use the hashtag trafficking trafficking hub to see what the movement is all about. Um, there's a story I was holding for Friday cause I thought it was silly, but now that I'm looking at this and I don't know how I feel about it, but childlike sex dolls are considered child abuse materials in Australia, meaning it's illegal to possess a childlike sex doll. Perpetrators can face up to 10 years imprisonment or fines up to $525,000. Uh, people were arrested. These dolls sexualize children. They are harmful. I'm saying though, pedophile, pedophilia is not curable. It is a dysfunction that people have, I think, for life. There's, you know, there's a lot of counseling that goes into it. But I don't know if, you know, I'd rather you use a doll than a, than a child. So how should I be thinking? How should we be thinking about this? Shout out to Australia for drawing a hard line. But would we rather people have child sex dolls or actually be doing what they're doing now, which is violating children? Well, I see that as, look, this is practice in many cases mm -hmm. for then feeding that appetite. It doesn't satiate an appetite. It just kind of whets the appetite in my view um, and from stories that I've heard as well. But I think what's important here is to think about when we think about pedophilia is that today because of the proliferation and the ubiquitousness of underage appearing in actual underage content on these mainstream 
freely accessible porn sites, uh, what we're seeing is a socialization into an appetite for child uh, sexual abuse as they get habituated to masturbation to images that appear to be children. And these are not people that were born or had this dysfunction previously, but they find themselves kind of going down the rabbit hole on these mainstream porn sites from adults to barely legal to looking like a 12 year old and they're getting used to getting pleasure from that. And so we're seeing kind of like a socialization into a pedophilic sexual appetite, which I think is very alarming. And so I think that's something that should be part of the conversation when we're talking about stuff like this. Well, let's not let's make sure we're not saying this is some new stuff because Christopher Columbus wrote in his jungle in his journals about how his men were wanting the nine-year-old and eight-year-old indigenous Arawak children um, when they came to discover the Americas. There's also that site um, Terre des Hommes, which created the Sweetie campaign, where they put a 10-year-old avatar of a child online and it broke the web. Now they created this to catch pedophiles, but it broke the web, just putting the idea that we're going to put a 10 year old on mm -hmm. online for you. Yeah, I think, look, I think that there's a dangerous um, kind of trajectory when we start to try to excuse and normalize any of this behavior. You know, there is a movement, I just tweeted about it today, where they're trying to rebrand pedophilia into minor attracted persons to kind what? of destigmatize and normalize. It's a thing. It's called a map. And so what they're doing is they're kind of rebranding this whole sexualization of children and sexual uh, appetites for children. And I just actually, there was a, just the, the main ambassador for the most, uh, the biggest porn site in the world, her name's Asa Akira. She was recently exposed. There was a video of her where she was joking and just saying that she was sex actually abuse a 13 year old she said f the law let's not talk about the law here and it was like supposed to be a joke this was supposed to be funny i don't know what was going on but it's it you know there's like this trend to normalize this behavior and i don't think that removing stigma around sexual you know sexualizing or being attracted to children is a good thing i think stigma there is probably helpful so in my opinion, we, we, we I had a conversation with Dr. Hagar, who is one of the inventors of the rape kit, and she talked about how parents need to cover the camera in their children's room because a lot of the videos that she's been seeing on the FBI sites are just people who are pulling video off of computers in children's rooms. That is not a myth. I've spoken to victims who've been had their computers hacked, they're underage. They've been filmed, but not only that, they've also been blackmailed. So they'll be in chat rooms, for example, they're accessing um, online, you know, the, the possession of tablets for children is just, I mean, it's almost all children have access to devices. And so they're in these chat rooms and then there's men that are posing as, 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 as kids their age. You're beautiful, you know, whatever, you're, you know, and so they, they then groom them. Then they say, please send me a pic, send me a naked pic of you. I promise I won't share it with anybody. So they convince the child to send it. Then what they do is they blackmail them. They say, if you don't send me more, I'm going to send this to your family. I'm going to send it to your mom and dad. I'm going to send it to your teacher and all your classmates. And these children believe that's true. And they're terrified. And then they end up sending hundreds of videos or coerced into doing violent things, even to themselves. 
And these videos, because there's no age and consent verification on these sites, are being uploaded to the world's most popular porn sites, being downloaded and then re-uploaded forever again and again and again. And it's a torture. It's a form of torture for these this kids. Is, um, this is like a, a horrible episode of Black Mirror, except it's actually <laughs> happening, right? Um, yeah. You know, we, we've been, you know, talking about Jeffrey Epstein and now Prince Andrew and all, you know, Trump and all of the people that came out with just laying, uh, you know, to, to I guess, feast on young girls. And it seemed like that was an anomaly. But listening to you uh, talk about this, Lila, this is not an anomaly. Jeffrey Epstein's not unusual. Unfortunately not. This is really pre prevalent. It's a, it's a major, major issue. And I think, unfortunately, it's growing. And unless we really take a strong position against this and we hold abusers accountable and we make sure they go to prison and we make sure there's some kind of deterrent for this activity, whether it's the actual abuser who's doing it in person or whether it's corporations that are profiting from and disseminating that, I think all abusers, uh, there was a tweet I saw the other day that I really loved. They said the new sexual revolution is holding abusers accountable. And mm. I really like that. Yeah, I think that oh. we need to do that. What do we do? Give us, some, give us three steps that anybody listening here today can do to combat not just child sex abuse, but trafficking and abuse. But, sure. I think, first of all, awareness is the doorway to all action. People cannot do something about an injustice they don't even know exists. And um, there are so many people that are so blind to this. They're unaware. They don't know what's going on. They don't know how it's going on. And so don't minimize tweeting, sharing on your Facebook, Instagram, sharing with your community, because that's the only way we're going to make progress is when people become aware of this. Second of all, approach your legislators about this. They work for you. Don't be intimidated by them. Knock on their door, have a meeting and say, we need legislative solutions what do we to want to stop say? this abuse. Now, where do we want this legislation to say? Because I don't sure. Laws. Well, for one, for one, I think one of the most important things when we're talking about the proliferation of this kind of abuse on mainstream porn sites, big porn sites, we need age and consent verification requirements for upload. That's just basic common sense. That should have been done 10 years ago. But, you <laughs> know, we, uh, got 18 go state, we got 18 states in America where you can marry your rapist. Like if a man impregnates a girl under age, he can marry him. So, you know, don't we have to get rid of those laws too? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a spectrum of, of laws. We need to actually also address uh, the statute of limitations where, you know, sometimes there's abuse that happens and a victim's not ready to speak about that for 20 years later. They're not in a position where they feel empowered to do that. And then it's too late. And so we need to have laws that empower victims and survivors to pursue civil action and criminal action against their abusers without limitation. There's um, no and I think that would be, yeah, I, there's yeah, no at least in London, or, in England, none at all. And then there's sites like Callisto and Techwitable, which allow people to make anonymous reports online that are held in an evidence in a way that can be used as evidence at a later date. And not only do those sites like Callisto allow it to be held as evidence, the, the sites allow people to be notified if the same person 
is, is being accused again so that then it gives you another notification and an opportunity for you to connect with other victims. So you yes. have the last word, Lila. Yes, yes. Look, I am so appreciative that you've had me on this on this program. I encourage everybody to go to justicedefensefund.org. You can learn more. You can sign up for updates. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Lila Mickaway. I'm always commenting on this kind of uh, content and this issue. So I'd love to keep in touch with you. And look, we need to keep raising our voices. We need to keep joining hands. We need to be in unity because this is a massive, massive, massive abuse issue. And it's gonna take a lot of work and a lot of perseverance for us to make a dent in this. And we can't just stand back because it's growing. Within, this is a digital age. This is, issue of abuse is growing and we have to push back. Uh, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you for bringing this to light here on the Karen Hunter Show. You will definitely thank be you. invited back. Lila, nice to meet thank you, you. Uh, as well. You too. You are here. Lila, I'll reach out to you. I, thank I wanted you. To say, I looked up Pornhub and she said 47 billion in one year. They're number 10. They're the number 10 site. So if they're getting 47 billion hits, what is one through nine getting? Oof. Yeah, exactly. 10th largest website in the world. Yes, let's, and it infested with videos of real crime. Let's let's talk more when we come back. Um, Lila, thank you. Thank you. We tweeted out all your information too, including your Twitter handle. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.